welcome to The Parent Equation with me, Aisha Murray. I'm a coach and I primarily support working parents and carers who believe that parenthood shouldn't be a barrier to a successful and fulfilling career. In this podcast series, I chat to inspirational working parents and ask them to share their own experiences of raising children alongside their careers. We talk about the struggles and the moments of joy. And I hope in each episode, there's something that can bring you a bit more strength and positivity. So please follow, listen and subscribe on all major platforms. Welcome to this episode of The Parent Equation. Today, I'm joined by Sam O'Neill. Sam is a parenting coach who runs Assured Parenting. She supports parents who want to bring out the best in their children. Now, I'll freely admit that I could use some help in this area, so I can't wait to hear her perspectives on family and working for yourself. Hi, Sam. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Aisha. It's a pleasure. And I know that uh, you can also help me with things as well. So it's a great uh, collaboration between us. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So for the audience, it's ex- uh, exceptionally relevant, I think, for my audience, the business that you run. So could you give me a quick overview of Assured Parenting, exactly what you do for parents? Yeah, I mean, I love what I do um, because what I do at Assured Parenting with positive parenting, training and coaching is transform families' lives. Two main types of parents that come to me but most commonly it's parents who want a kind of immediate solution to the behavior of their children and the chaos that's going on at home the shouting or the tantrums and things like that um, they want to change their family dynamic and what I can help parents do is to make homes more harmonious mm. and families calmer and kinder with each other and often I love it because even you know although I offer really long-term solutions that you know will take children right through to their 18 and actually give them a really found um, a bedrock for their adult life mm. Um, actually they can come back after the first week and say the dynamic in my house has changed already we're calmer and kinder and I'm looking at my family and my children differently and one of the things that I love best about running my groups I do see private clients as well but when I run my groups and I bring parents together and it's it's often mums but I do get dads on most courses as well is that it brings parents together and it's so important in this day and age because we all parent behind closed doors we don't have that kind of village aspect to, to parenting that you know previous generations had where there was a lot of wider family around and a lot more supporting each other and actually raising children is a huge challenge you know it's one of the biggest challenges we face in our lives uh, there's no bigger job we do really and actually we don't receive any training for it where you know <laughs> thro- you know throw this baby we might have done an NCT class or a pet, uh, you know childbirth class to find out how to have the baby and then the first year or so is a bit of a kind of muddle through and they suddenly hit two in the toddler tantrums and no one's told you that there are ways you can help your child manage that behavior and in fact I say toddler tantrums mm. but you know tantrums don't go away Um, they just turn into meltdowns and and stroppy (laughs) behavior with teenagers and it's because children are dealing with their their feelings and their big emotions and if you know how to handle those feelings and those emotions and you know how to boost your child's self-esteem so they're less likely to have those um, meltdowns because they know how to handle their own behavior then Mm -hmm. actually um, you find that you have this calmer happier household so I think that positive parenting classes should be mandatory um, (laughs) for parents I think the government should invest in them and David Cameron did say at one point when he was prime minister that he was going to make them something that all parents should do Mm. Um, but obviously governments change and and and, you know things change Um, but you know uh, I run classes parents from all sorts of different backgrounds and and they all face slightly different challenges but nevertheless you know challenges with their children yeah what kind of age range do you are the children in that case is it as you've mentioned 18 already is a whole 
whole range it's the whole gamut so I start at two because under two you know they're, they're not really capable of understanding so well mm-hmm. what you're doing I mean p- parents can come to positive parenting with children younger than that <clears throat> they just you know do it to prepare for when their children are two so two-year-olds to 18-year-olds are the age range that I help and people often say but that's ridiculous how can you have people in your classes with such wide age ranges um, and it's, it's really interesting because sometimes I do get you know I had a whole class once with eight-year-old girls um, the parents and they all had really similar issues and it was really easy to, to help yeah. them but actually even when the issues are really different because you've got four-year-old and you've got 14-year-old um, you know actually the way you help them manage their feelings and the way you boost their self-esteem and the way you give them boundaries it's the same you just have to use your voice in a slightly different tone and use slightly different rewards and you know you just adapt the skills to your circumstance with the um not just with your child's age actually the more relevant thing is your child's temperament really mm. um so you know temperamentally sensitive children are often much harder to deal with than, than um you know temperamentally more resilient children i guess also the in a group dynamic if you have the parents of a 14 year old and the parents of a four-year-old i imagine that potentially the more experienced parents could again share their advice and their experiences with the younger parents not younger parents but the parents of the younger child Um, and maybe they get extra benefit from that within your groups as well I think it depends I think if you've got a parent of a 14 year old child and throughout that child's life they have battled with them and they have rubbed up against them the wrong way and they feel like they're tearing their Mm. hair out Mm. It's not necessarily right that a parent no, that's got more experience will be able to help a less experienced mm. parent mm. because everyone comes because they need some sort of help and support. Um, actually, what I find is that when the group dynamic gets going, um, which we're managing really well over Zoom now, mm-hmm. um, is actually that parents all have different ideas to support each other. And actually, you know, and they, they, they start to use the skills that I teach them. Say, so, well, I think I would do this if I was you in that situation. Because in the moment, a parent might not be able to think, you know, this, this is going wrong and I need help with this. And another parent might go, well, do you remember we talked about? And actually it, it works in that way mm-hmm. um, rather than just because they've got an older child. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. So that was actually going to be my next question when you mentioned Zoom is that did you start your business pre-pandemic or during pandemic? So pre-pandemic. So I was running it for about a year before the pre-pandemic. So I'd run classes in my house. And Mm. one of the things that I like to do for busy parents when they come to my courses is I put um, relaxing music on and I have coffee brewing and I have Mm. lovely biscuits and they come (laughs) for 15 minutes before the class. And I just give parents a bit of headspace and a bit of time to come and relax and enjoy what they're doing and not Mm. feel like what they're doing is a course that they have to do. And it's in Mm. a church hall and it's just something horrible to really pamper parents in a way when they come to my courses and then you know sit in my lounge which is nice and comfortable and you know have chats at break time and chats afterwards Mm -hmm. with nice music and and that was really lovely and then suddenly in the pandemic I was halfway through a course and one of my parents said I think my sister might have covid so I don't think I should come and I was like well well, let's be safe anyway let's all just switch to zoom so literally within the space of a week we had to switch to zoom and that was actually all right because I'd already got the group dynamic set up from personal contact mm. from the three weeks of having those parents on that course and the last two weeks of the course I did with them worked really well and then the next um, zoom 
um, class I ran I had four or five parents on and you know everyone was getting used to Zoom weren't they at the beginning yeah. and how to run clock courses on them <laughs> and somebody had an echo on their line so somebody else said oh well let's all go on mute and actually the dynamic was was hard it was yeah. really hard work um, and I couldn't hear any interaction there was no laughter there was no rustling there was no noise in the background and it mm. felt like me just talking mm. and actually after that I really readdressed how to do zoom and you know the word is pivoted isn't it in lockdown I pivoted (laughs) and um you know I I started to say to people log on 10 minutes early and let's have a chat beforehand like we did we would do in my classes come back at the break time if you want to with your coffee and or not coffee in the evening often but you know your drink and and have a chat and we can just just chat about normal stuff you know rather than than learning stuff and I set whatsapp groups up to support people by whatsapp so there was more sort of sense of Mm -hmm. community build up and you know it's a learning curve isn't it I don't think those parents that I did that first zoom with missed out on any content or anything there just wasn't such a supportive dynamic in that and now we're back to you know managing it and I think actually in terms of business sense um, zoom has been amazing because while I will go back to running classes from my house once we're allowed to because I love having people at my house and it's so comfy and it is really nice to pamper parents yeah um that's that's for local parents you know in Beckenham basically mm-hmm. um and the surrounding areas actually I'll offer zoom classes as well um because then you know I can help parents and give the support that parents need to much wider audience and that could be worldwide then couldn't it yes I have I've had <laughs> clients in, I had a client from Switzerland um, oh really lockdown, which was really exciting yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's the thing about zoom and, and this I said this sort of global um advantage is that we could genuinely get clients from across the globe from Australia from time difference permitting I suppose yeah I was going to say it depends on time (laughs) difference doesn't it what time you're running your classes for Australia yeah yeah so then you started your business you said about a year before the pandemic hit and I think you're I'm right in thinking that you were a teacher before that that's right so can you tell me a little bit about how did you I suppose what was your journey from teaching into being coach for parents and how did that happen so um, I had my daughter, so I had a son already, uh, and then I had a five-year age gap for all sorts of sad reasons, but um, I had my daughter, um, and uh, I, I just realised that teaching was not a really easy job to do with children um, and I think there are lots of jobs like that you know because mm. of the hours that you work and things like that but when I went back I was head of year in um, secondary school mm. and then I went back after my son and I dropped head of year and I went down to two days a week and even on two days a week of being in school and teaching I was still working five days a week um, at mm. home um, and I just thought this is unsustainable with two children and you know I love teaching and I was really sad to leave the classroom and, and, and the kids and stuff um, and I, I, I wanted to work I wanted to do something for me and you know my mum said to me oh you love reading positive parenting books and you're always giving your sister <laughs> advice from them and you know even my NCT group when I had NCT group I would read books when when um, Alexander was little and and they I would sort of chat you know when you're in your picnics in the park I'd chat and say I've read this book it's really interesting interesting and they'd go can you just read all the books and praise you them for us because we haven't got time to read them Um, and I love reading them and so it was you know it really is a passion of mine Mm. sort of positive parenting and and how to help your children's self-esteem and resilience develop Um, and my mum sort of said you know why don't you look at doing some some coaching and and some parenting coaching Um, and so when I had been a teacher at Wimbledon High School um, the parent practice had come and done a training session for the staff there and I remembered them and I looked them up and I found that they had a train the trainers course so they they used all their 20 years of research and knowledge and experience Mm -hmm. to impart that to other people because they wanted to spread their message 
message and you know they felt that the more people would do that were doing this sort of positive parenting the better it is because more families would have access to it so I did their training course um, and then I used I still work in school terms so then I used the next term to um, set my business up and all the things you need to do to to set a business up which was a massive shock Mm. to me having been in the teaching world and not in the world of corporate or marketing or anything like that at all you know um the, the amount of work you need to do behind the scenes to set a small business up. I, I must have known there was work to do because I allowed myself a term to do it. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I don't think I'd ever been busier than in that term. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, you launch your business and you think, oh my God, is anyone going to buy my <laughs> stuff? Uh, and then, then you go from there. And it's really exciting when you get that first sale. Um, and then I, I had five people on my first course and I, that's how many people I could fit in my lounge. So I always said yep. I'd have five people on my courses. Um, and then it's just, you know, there's been highs and lows as there are with running a small business. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm embedded a bit now and I know what I'm doing a bit better, although it is always a learning journey this running a small business thing it is and I think we've we said yesterday didn't we when we were chatting about something else that marketing yourself these days and I'm from a marketing background so I should know better but marketing yourself is a completely different beast and marketing yourself in a pandemic in a remote um, world and also with a huge amount of social media needed is completely different to sort of I suppose for me, the corporate marketing world I came from and the way you would have yeah. marketed yourself 10 years ago. So it is a huge learning curve and it changes every day, doesn't it? It does. And you have to be on it every day as well. You know, as soon as you stop um, thinking about it or doing it or planning for it, um, you know, you've lost your space in the market, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a very crowded market. So just talk about the pandemic and I suppose running your parenting courses now during a pandemic and remotely etc you talked about the children earlier and having that um the children involved in conversations and I spoke to a previous guest on another podcast about the importance of having honest conversations with children and keeping them included in the conversation and especially at a time like this where the whole world is in crisis especially for slightly older children, my older daughter's 10, so she is definitely of an age where she is understanding what's going on and has questions, is not to fob them off because they're kids or they don't understand or they don't have anything to add. But So what's your view really, I suppose, on on keeping that conversation open and honest and alive with with children? Do you mean generally or about the pandemic? Um, I suppose generally, pandemic only because it's topical and there's so much to talk about, but I think generally speaking. So um, keeping, I think it's the fundamental heart of positive parenting is keeping channels of communication open between you and your children. Um, And actually, you know, um, my son has been very anxious in the past. And actually, I think with a lot of emotion coaching, which I use with him, his anxiety is actually beginning to lessen, which is really good to Mm. see. I still think it's there at the root of him. But I think that... um, one of the things that um, parents um, can do is to make sure they have special time with their children. Um, and, you know, parents will say to you, but I do, I spend time with my kids. And you say, okay, mm. special time is when you turn your phone off and you put it away somewhere <laughs> and you haven't got a to-do list running through your head about mm. what are the six mm. things you're going to do when they go to bed or what are the six things you need to do after this this chat. And you let the kids um, 
just say what they want to do with you mm. and you know sometimes it's like the parent chooses what they're going to do together one night and the child chooses the mm. next night but ring fencing time to spend with your child with an uncluttered mind mm. and actually if you know we have a schedule up in our kitchen and it says um, something like 6 p.m special time 6 30 reading seven o'clock bedtime or i think mm. that was you know, a few years ago I yeah Alexander's getting a bit older so the timings have changed <laughs> but um so so making sure you allow time for your children but also with keeping lines of communication open one thing that parents often do if their child comes to them with a problem is say for example just hypothetically a child Mm -hmm. came and said I'm just so useless at maths I can't do it I hate maths what's the point of this maths homework I hate it that's not Um, hypothetical not hypothetical in my house (laughs) (laughs) I just it's not gonna be the same for all parents but that is a very common kind of um, thing that you hear from children and what we tend to say as parents to things like that is don't be silly you got 10 out of 10 on your maths Mm. test last week and you know of course you can do maths don't be daft come on we'll do it together and I'll help you and you'll get through it and it'll be all right Mm. and actually what that does for children is they think well you don't understand me you don't get what's going on Mm. in my head Mm. Um, and actually what we want to do with children is to allow them to have those feelings and make sure that they feel that what they tell us is taken seriously and genuinely and make sure that if they say I'm useless at maths I can't do it I hate maths that we say to them oh gee that must be really really tough feeling like that I can hear that you're feeling really frustrated and really overwhelmed by this maths Um, and then thinking about okay what can what can you do what can we do what can I do to help you what can you do what Mm. ideas can you think of that would help you get through so not giving children solutions Mm. but asking them and this touches on something you were saying at the early uh, earlier in the um the recording um asking them for solutions opening Mm. up the lines for them to problem solve and that's what we want to encourage in our children we want to encourage them to know that they can trust us to understand their feelings because if we do and we empathize with them it opens up lines of communication and it keeps those lines of communication open and if we get them to problem solve if we get them to say um okay well I could I could do it in bite-sized chunks I could you know do question one and then have a break just look at question Mm. one and not worry about anything else or you could say you know maybe you could sit next to me and just Mm. and be with me while I do it just to give me the confidence that I can do it kind of thing you know um we get them to problem solve actually that's a massive skill Mm. we teach them for the rest of their lives you know when they're faced with a problem that they can work their way through it kind of thing um but you know, in terms of the pandemic, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. Just allowing them to have those fears and those feelings mm. and, and making sure that you say it's OK. You know, we can't put a lid on worries. We can't take anxieties away if children have them. These are mm. very real and adults have these very real yep. anxieties and worries, too, about the pandemic. You know, you can't diminish them. You just need to let children mm. talk about them and understand. And, you know, it can be quite a good idea to have a worry box, you know, to say, actually, let's talk about this for 15 minutes yeah and not at bedtime you know but at lunchtime or after school um, and then put the lid on the box you know air it express it say it's okay you know and and you can't do much about the pandemic there aren't magic solutions that you know they're going to be able to problem solve the pandemic themselves so mm. it's just allowing them to to sit with it and and that it's okay that it's normal to normalize worries for children um, and not to say that you know don't be ridiculous you don't yeah. need to worry about this we'll, yeah. we'll keep you safe kind of thing yeah. um, but just to be accepting that yeah it is a worrying time mm. and, and I get that and it's okay to be worried and you know adults are worried too and we can talk about it as much as you like and then we'll put the lid on it and and we don't want those worries to grow kind of thing 
So you're talking about a hypothetical imaginary worry box as opposed to an actual tin. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you can have an actual tin. I know they um, have. To, worry- I think my daughter's school has it as a tin, and they put yeah. anonymously. They can put their worries or their concerns into the actual yeah. box, and then the teacher then picks one. I don't know how often, and they discuss yeah. it as a class anonymously, yeah, but they discuss the issue as a class. Yeah. Um, so I suppose yeah, either way, I suppose it would work, wouldn't it then? My kids have worry dolls with zip mouths that they can put if they're really worried about something, they can put it in um, at night and then we have to remember to go and get it out. Oh, okay, okay. That's <laughs> um, a really, that's a really can, good idea. You can make, yeah, you can have your own worry tin and they can write things down if you want and seal it. I mean, anything yeah, that helps. Anything that works. And it's so interesting what you say about the um, problem solving aspect because obviously my business is coaching and coaching parents um, to do with work and life and career. But mm. Absolutely. My approach, as with all coaches, is to allow those people to solve their own problems and to come to their own yeah. conclusions and to guide them rather than to tell them what to do. Um, yeah. But I definitely do not do that with my children. Yes. And you your know- maths example is spot on. I mean, Olivia, my oldest, will often say, I can't do this. I'm rubbish at maths. And I will respond in the way that you've just said is the wrong way to respond which is it's not the wrong way there are just better ways to <laughs> better help ways. them better ways and I will say I'll say to her oh don't be daft yeah. you know you can do it you can do it da, da, da. but oh uh, if she was my coaching client I wouldn't have said that to her yeah do you know what I have obviously lots of working parents come on my courses and uh, mums and dads who are in the business world and so much of what I teach them they say this is insane I do this at work mm. all the time I haven't thought of applying this to my children why haven't I thought of applying this to my children and although I give some really um, good tips and really interesting insights into to children lots of what I teach is practical it's just about the consistency and making sure you know doing a course rather than reading a book you mm. come back week on week and you know you get um, a review of how things are going and it just helps you to be more consistent about applying things as well so why do you think parents myself included then know what to do in a work scenario or for me a coaching business scenario but we don't apply that to our children what is it that's making us behave differently I don't know but what I do know is that even as a teacher I had had the parent practice come to my work and I did a master's in growth mindset which is about helping children realize that it's important to put effort in Mm. and praise effort rather than outcomes so that they learn that they can change the outcome with their effort and I knew all of that and yet until I did my positive parenting Mm. training I wasn't applying that in my Mm. own home Mm. a little bit I was but not enough and not consistently enough and I just think we separate work and home and we want to separate work and home because we want to be at home with our kids Mm. and having fun and we want to leave work behind Um, and a little bit will spill over probably from work to home but I think what you need is I think what I do is what I give is a program and say in in manageable chunks this is how you apply this bit of what you do. And obviously there's things that you don't do at work that I teach, but, you know, it's just breaking it down into um, modules and making sure that, that week by week you've got a programme you can build mm-hmm. on. And it's learning how to apply it to your family. I don't think it's easy to apply work skills to your family because you do so much at work, you know, which bits would you apply, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's hard to pick out the things that are relevant to family life, I think. And also family life is so subjective, whereas when you're at work or you're running a business, that is, in theory, more objective. Exactly. So it's quite yeah. different then, I suppose, to translate it across. And you, each individual family has their own values. You know, at work, you've got a corporate value, haven't you? You've got a culture um, that you subscribe to, whereas at home, you're creating your mm. own 
family mm. culture and your family values um, yeah. and you know that's really different yeah and again going to your point originally about applying it from work to home that when I was in sort of the corporate world for 20 odd years we would spend days of of the year planning out our team values our company culture all of this sort of stuff which often just got filed away for the next year but anyway we do we do it but we've never we've never done that at home we never right. say as you just thi- said you know yeah. that's one of the things like house values yeah, yeah. what do our house yeah. our house stand for our home stand for our family stand for yeah and it's so important to do to have your family mission statement, not to just hope that your children imbibe your values, but to actually say to them, these are our values and model them and demonstrate mm. to them, mm. you know, what it is that's important to you as a family. Yeah, definitely. Right. I've got a job to do later on today off the weekend <laughs> just to do my, my family <laughs> values. Family and, values. Yeah, <laughs> code of ethics. <laughs> um, so I talk to a lot of clients in my work, as you probably do as well, about the work life juggle. And one part of that is juggling practical things to do every day and just getting everything done in a day. But obviously a big part of it is just the mental load of having a career and raising a family. So given that you are an expert in the parenting side of it, something which I certainly aren't, and I have my struggles with my kids on a daily basis, do you feel, as do all parents, do you feel you have a better perspective, I guess, and a better, you're more resilient, maybe you have a better ability to balance those two things because of the business that you run? Yeah, I think in some ways, definitely, yes. Um, and in other ways, less so. So I think, yes, in terms of I really do feel well equipped to understand how to manage my children's emotions mm. and their behaviours. Um, and so when they have a temper tantrum or when they don't want to go to school in the morning, it doesn't become a shouting match. And so I know we're going to have calm mornings and get out of the house in a calm way. You know, when they when my son comes home, oh, I don't want to do my homework. You know, I understand why and I can get him through it without temper tantrums and and knowing that um there's that going to be that calmness around definitely makes that take all that stress away um from my life um you know and knowing that i've taught my four-year-old to play independently so i can get on with cooking the dinner and she's not nagging and pulling at my Mm -hmm. trousers um and you know needing mummy 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 all the time not that she doesn't come into the kitchen and help me sometimes and you know play in the kitchen that's fine as well but she's she's really good at playing independently you know and getting the kids to help around the house so i don't feel like i'm having to do everything Mm -hmm. and be a slave to them you know like just my son is making his own bed and he gets stuff out for breakfast and he puts mm. his shoes and coats away and my four-year-old you know I came to I came out of the kitchen the other day and literally the playroom looked like a bomb site and it's the walkway at the moment we're in rented accommodation it's the walkway through to the dining room and I was like no one's gonna be able to get to dinner okay what can we do about this and, and she had tidied up a walkway while I was cooking um, because you know we've been teaching and training her so yeah. I, what I know with children if they're not doing what you want them to do it's all about training mm. um, so in that way I feel like I can manage that side of my life really effectively Um, and I know that when I teach that other parents find that they can manage that better Mm -hmm. Um, but no in terms of it's still a journey one of the (laughs) things I do teach is about you know how to keep yourself calm and you know I've only been doing this um, for about a year and a bit Mm -hmm. now year Mm -hmm. and a half and I think that I've applied a lot of the skills from the first half of the course and I'm still learning some of the skills from the second half of the course you know this is one of the reasons why I found you as well because I think it's something that I still struggle uh, struggle with is the juggle between running a small business and having a small child at home Mm -hmm. for a lot of the day still Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I think that there are other things I can still learn about that and from you hopefully yes hopefully and vice versa most definitely vice versa (laughs) (laughs) so talking about um working from home because that obviously throws another 
well, spanner in the works, I suppose, for most people at the moment is that we're used to partitioning work and home. For those of us who had to leave home to go to an office or go somewhere else for work, there was a, a natural break between work and home and a different environment. Yeah. So have you had any experiences with your clients during this period where the struggles that people are going through with having to be at home all day with either young children or just in the same space as their husband, wife. Have you got any experiences or views from other parents on that? Well, so many. (laughs) 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 I think that during the first lockdown, it was absolutely horrendous for a lot Mm. of parents because often if you had two parents working and children trying to do schoolwork as well or Mm. even I think probably an even worse scenario is you know two parents working and a small child at home who didn't have any work to do you know sort of reception age early years foundation Mm. stage and under Um, you know I think that that was just so hard because there was no division between anything Mm. what I do think though is that parents put in a lot of really good coping strategies and you know everybody found a way to make it work somehow um, but I think the palpable relief that parents felt when they said schools were going to open in September yeah. was marked um, and <laughs> I think I think everybody felt that there was time back again and mm. you know even with all the skills that I have and you know it was I, I, I was trying to work and um, supervise uh, my son doing his work and trying to manage a four-year-old who didn't really have anything to do I, I definitely felt my business just slide yeah. um, you know I wasn't posting on Facebook and I mm. wasn't um, advertising my courses um, and I just I think sadly a lot of the research said it was women's businesses that suffered and mm. women's work that suffered mm. um, you know not always um, but percentage wise uh, women were picking up more of the slack I think yeah, yeah. Um, um, but you know I think that um, it was difficult for everybody and everybody just did the best that they could but I did have people definitely on my courses during lockdown saying oh my god I think I found you at just the right time I don't Mm. think I'd have got through lockdown without you because we've we've changed the family dynamic in our house and at least we're not shouting at each other when we're all cooped up yeah yeah and to your point I as you said the businesses did slide um and I made a conscious decision when the first lockdown happened knowing that I wasn't going to be able to manage a 10 year old's homework so year six so they had quite a lot to do um and a five-year-old's reception which she had stuff to do but not the same level plus my business I knew that wasn't going to work I just thought right I need to accept this now I need to be a realist about this and I decided to put the business on hold I I didn't mean the business but the marketing and the sort of real day-to-day um tasks I decided you know what I'm just going to have to take a couple of months where the kids have to be my focus because yeah. ultimately they are the ones who are going to lose out longer term if they lose out on this education period. I, th- I think you, you with your background, I think that was a very sensible thing to do. I think I kept the juggle up and the pressure on myself for longer, but then realised actually it's okay. You know, something has to give. And yeah. if it's writing blogs, because I haven't got the time and energy mm. to write blogs, you know, if I can keep my courses going with my current clients, because I had clients lined up, yeah. that's fine. But, you know, it took me longer to realise that it was okay to let something give and it would be okay to pick it up again in September. I think it took me a while to realise mm. that it would be okay to pick it up again. I thought that if I let it go, it might just, having worked so hard for it and it being quite a new and small business, yeah. I thought it might just all go under and that's not what I wanted to happen. I wanted to, you know... When, when my daughter went into um, 
upper kindergarten and was five mornings a week rather than three I was mm-hmm. thinking I've got a bit more time I can yeah. start getting yeah. back to it again um, but you know things things happen for a reason and, and it's been okay yeah and the thing is you have to be confident in yourself and say no to things sometimes yeah. and that could be saying no to things that you're putting on yourself so for me it was saying I'm not going to do this particular aspect of my business in the next couple of months because I need to concentrate on the children yeah. or it could be saying no to something that other people are asking of you um, and it's having that confidence and not feeling guilty about Absolutely. saying Do you know what this is not right for me at the moment yeah. and Definitely. short term it's the, it's the best thing to do and things Absolutely. will be all right so things always they do work out, work out. and yeah, yeah you might have to slog a little bit harder yeah but they do work out in the end they do so what does um because obviously you're running your business from home yeah. and remotely now obviously via zoom at the moment so what does a successful business day look like for you <laughs> at the moment um why well, think that's a really difficult question to answer because I don't have much pattern to what a successful <laughs> business day looks like um so it can range from three hours of working flat out while my daughter's at preschool in the morning and that can be doing anything preparing a session for a private client um you know uh, talking to people who are interested in my courses or planning my social media posts uh with potential client two a successful business day for me can also look like preparing the dinner in the morning so that actually when I've got a course running in the evening I know that I'm going to get dinner to the kids on time they can get to bed so I can set up for my course and and, and have a successful evening Um, so actually there is no such thing I think when you're juggling running a small business with a small child at home for you know all the afternoons um, as as a normal successful Mm. business day Um, I'm quite a can-do person though and you know when I'm overwhelmed with lists of things to do I don't just procrastinate Um, I just sit down and start ticking them off and getting on with them Mm -hmm. Um, and you know a successful day for me is ticking things off my to-do list whether they are for my business or for the house so that I don't feel stressed about that so I can get on with stuff for my business it's just about prioritizing isn't it yeah seeing what what, what's the most pressing thing on your agenda and making sure it doesn't feel so urgent that um, it's consuming you but actually making sure that it's done in a timely way so that it's not pressurizing you to mm. do it then and mm. there and actually you make a very good point I said my words were successful business day and you've just quite quite rightly said actually success is business related or it can be family related because both of these things are happening in the same place <laughs> during this during the same 24-hour period so successfully making dinner in the morning so that's off your list is a successful day as well as running the course in the evening etc so they're actually both the same thing I think that the reason why so many mums do set up their own business is exactly that that you said that's kind of working in tandem the fact that you can juggle running your business and making the dinner and picking the kids up when they need to be picked up and mm. doing whatever you need mm. to do for them and so I think actually there's much less separated sort of separation from um, when you used to go to work and then come home than yeah. there is if you're running a small business from home. Yeah and I'll often work um, I also one of my things is not to work in the evening post kids bedtime because that is my time with my husband to watch Netflix basically and have dinner (laughs) Um, and I try and keep that as clear as possible of of work but I do tend to do quite a bit of work between maybe four and six when the kids are home but they are doing some homework they are shouting at each other upstairs or whatever they're doing but I can just sit in the kitchen and do a couple of hours work even though they're at home Um, and then that keeps my later evening free so I think like you said it's just whatever works for you and your family dynamic doesn't it 
definitely um, yeah. you have to you have to make it work if you have to juggle everything you do yeah that's what we're all trying to do isn't it <laughs> i know i know so sam i think we've come to the end of our time now it's been absolutely fascinating having you on especially there are so many tips and strategies that i know personally i'm going to take on board with regards to my children um are there any sort of final words you wanted to share with my listeners um i think that it's really important to say that as parents we're not on our own and that whether parents talk about it or not every parent faces challenges they might be different from your challenges but there's no need to worry or think that you're on your own or that other parents are coping better than you it's so easy to look at parents and think everyone else is coping better than me and actually we don't know what's going on behind closed doors um and that you know coming and doing a positive parenting course can really help give you tools to manage your family and have calmness and you feel like you're on top of the world because you feel like you're giving your children the best start in life yeah that is perfect and I, I definitely aspire to that I just need to now do something about it I think so thank you so much Sam have a lovely day pleasure I share lovely to talk to you and you bye-bye thanks bye-bye talking to Sam today really made me think about my approach to parenting and how by taking out as much stress and emotion as possible life can feel so much more balanced starting the day with shouting at the kids to put their socks on or get their bags ready means that every day starts on a negative footing, something which I'm sure permeates through the hours ahead. So there is definitely plenty we can all take out of today's episode. Thanks for listening. Remember to like, follow and share and see you next time.